Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm so glad you're with us wherever you are. If you're joining us on the airwaves here in Santa Barbara, California, we welcome you. Many of you are joining us at other places at goodlifetelevision.org. Uh, we see you from around the world, so we're grateful that you drop by and uh, meet some of these wonderful people and hear some of these great stories, and we're so glad you're with us. Uh, many of you are also finding us at the podcast, which is on all the podcast platforms at Good Life Conversations. So Good Life Conversations is the podcast. GoodLifeTelevision.org is the website. There's YouTube pages. There's all the stuff, but we're just glad you're with us. We're talking about the good stuff, and, and, and Good Life is really kind of about what we dwell on. Uh, we, we certainly don't skip past suffering and difficulty and challenges. That's part of all of our stories, and yet what we dwell on and kind of where we put our focus uh, is so important. And so here we're trying to do it on some of the good things. And so you've seen, if you've been at goodlifetelevision.org, you've seen uh, our friends there that we've gotten to interview over the last few years and uh, just overcomers and entrepreneurs, public servants, people just doing great things. Some people are coming up with ideas to serve other people just because they want to, uh, just out of love. And so it's powerful. Uh, there's young people, there's older people, there's everything in between, famous people, not famous people. It's kind of just been this great blend of, of guests. So we're, we're so grateful for, for all those guests and for all of you. And wherever you are, we're just glad you're with us and uh, welcome. I'm, I'm so excited about my guest today. He is uh, involved in something really interesting and I'm excited to talk about it. Ian Bentley is with me. Welcome. Thanks, Dean. Good to be here. Uh, Ian's the founder and co-founder and CEO of Parker Clay, which we're going to talk about in a minute. He has uh, a wonderful, beautiful wife and family, uh, five children, three girls and two boys. We were commiserating about that before we came on. We're, we're the same in that way. Um, and so, first of all, Ian, just tell us a little about kind of your growing up and your background, sure. kind of where you were raised and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I grew up on the outskirts of L.A., um, and then in junior high, we used to, my family used to come up to the Santa Barbara area to go to the beach vacation. And I think my mom applied for a job at UCSB and got it. And so my parents said, hey, maybe we should move. And I was like, I, sure, sounds great, love Santa Barbara. Um, and so in junior high, uh, came up here and went through high school. Uh, that's where I met my wife in high school here. So that was obviously a good choice. Yeah. And, um, and then went to uh, college down in San Diego and then was able to come back and start my career here in Santa Barbara. So pretty much Southern California my whole life. Okay. And so let's go to, you know, it's about eight years ago. This, you, you were, take, take us back to going to Ethiopia and then kind of we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So um, it was, it was, a bit before that, probably about 10 years ago, um, where, or even, even actually earlier than that, um, my wife and I had our two sons, Parker and Clay, and we started talking about having a third. And we had talked when we were dating, I think about adoption and things like that, but it was a bit more of like an abstract idea for us. And we started doing more research though around adoption, around orphans really worldwide. And we came upon the statistic that there was 160 million orphans in the, in the world. And I, I think a number like that is just hard to even grasp. But here, my two sons, Parker and Clay, right in front of me. And it was like, if, if that, what if one of those was Parker and Clay? 
And that really changed the way that I thought about it. And within about a year, this was probably 2010, my wife and I were adopting a little girl from Ethiopia. And so our first trip to Ethiopia was to adopt our daughter. And while there, I think we had this idea of what Ethiopia was like. Um, you know, there was a cover on Time magazine of this woman and her starving child in Ethiopia. And we often thought about the problems and poverty. But when we were there, we, we experienced this beautiful country, beautiful community, resilient people. And these moms who continually said, you know, hey, we want jobs, we need opportunities. And we were there picking up our daughter, but we experienced this just beautiful aspect of the country that we really almost didn't ex expect. And Brittany and I came home from that trip with our daughter, just going, there's more to this story. Um, and that really is kind of, it was about a year of us exploring different uh, opportunities there from nonprofits, for profits, um, business, ministries, like the whole gamut. And what we wanted to know was what's the biggest need? Uh, and we really came back to this idea that these women who uh, really just did not have really the, the meaningful opportunities that they would put themselves in, in positions like trafficking or prostitution because they wanted their kids to have a better future. And so um, it was 2012 that my wife and I, uh, who, by the way, at the time, we're in our careers, we're kind of just starting out, you know, in business and design, and we have our two little sons, we and our daughter bought our first house, and here this whole thing comes up, and we're just going, God, what is, what do you want to do? What is this? What does this mean? And um, so we did the most logical thing, which was we sold everything and bought one-way tickets and moved our entire family to Ethiopia. Um, and so it was a pretty radical experience standing at LAX, thinking there's at least a 1% chance this is the worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> and it's obviously it's turned out to be one of the best. Wow. I didn't know that part of the story. So you actually picked up and went. We, yeah, so we left everything. We sold, literally sold it all and bought one-way tickets and moved there in 2012. And so you spent, then, then from there, you spent like the next couple of years yep. developing kind of what became Parker Clay, is that? It really, we moved there with a the primary purpose of helping to create jobs for women. Many of these women who had been trafficked or in prostitution because the, the overwhelming thing we kept hearing was, we, we really don't want handouts, we want jobs. Yeah. We want opportunities. Um, my son, who just got his first job, he, just, he showed me his first paycheck. And he was so excited to show me that first paycheck. And I think that we're hardwired in a way where that dignity that comes from hard work yeah. and doing it well. And so we, we went there to partner with um, an NGO, a nonprofit that was there helping these women off the streets. And then the biggest thing was job training, skills training. And we said, hey, we, we can help out with that. Yeah. Um, and so that was really the main focus. And while we lived there, uh, it was about 2013, it was my wife's birthday. And I needed to get her a gift. And I, like, there's not a lot of big shopping there. And I happened to find this leather bag that looked really interesting, beautiful. And I look inside and it says made in Ethiopia. And I kind of went, huh, I, I, I just wasn't expecting to see it. And on the back of this tag was a guy's phone number. So I called him to find out more about the industry and where do you get the leather from? And he kind of responded in a way like, what do you, 
what do you mean where did we get the leather from? It's here. And I met, met him at a tannery, uh, and that particular day they were loading these two big containers, shipping containers, with raw leather. And I was thinking, where are they sending it? And the owner of the tannery goes, I'm sending that to Italy. And I just went, oh my gosh. Our whole purpose of being there was to create jobs for these women. And we, we knew we didn't want to just create trinkets or, or more kind of a charitable purchase. We wanted to say, how can we create a really beautiful premium product? And here's this raw material that no one knows about is getting shipped to a place like Italy. And it was like the light bulbs went off of, if we can create a really premium product that's impacting lives um, at the source, it makes business sense, it makes impact sense. It's like that intersection of profit and purpose. Um, and so that's where in 2014, while living there, we came up with the first designs in our you know, house at the time there and made them and sampled them, our friends loved them. Um, and so that kicked it off. Wow. Walk us through kind of like the, the, the steps from getting the leather to who's kind of creating this to what you've done to be able to bring this to the United States and other sure. places. Sure. Yeah, and nowadays so much talk is happening around supply chains and, and where things come from. And back in 2013, uh, actually, there was a huge factory in Bangladesh called Rana Plaza that collapsed and killed over a thousand people. And I think it, it kind of woke the world up to where are my product, products made, where are my clothes made? Could they have been made in that factory? And there was this really a black box around the fashion industry for a long time um, of transparency. Mm. And so when we at that time were there uh, looking for opportunities like this and we discover something like Ethiopian leather that's good enough to go to a place like Europe and Italy but you, you may never know that stamp that says made in doesn't necessarily mean it's all from there. So in Ethiopia, it's one of the fastest growing economies in the world. It's one of the largest um, livestock, has one of the largest populations of livestock in the world. And, um, and I just never really thought to connect those two, but the, the sourcing of the material is all from Ethiopia which makes an incredible amount of business sense because you're sourcing it from the place where it's coming from. Right. Um, and then the workforce and the opportunity to create manufacturing jobs there is, is also huge. And so we did it a bit differently where we're really ver completely vertically integrated in our business where we are manufacturing at the source at our own factory, which when we started was just a few people and now it's over 200 employees there, 80% um, of whom are women and you know so many other impact stories that are there because we own the factory and then we ship it back to ourselves here in California where we man where we warehouse it and then send it out to customers so we really have kind of gone from end to end um, wow yeah and now you have a retail store here we do and then do you have any more of those or we do yeah we actually have four of our own stores and then we've got three other pop-ups um, okay. So most California, we've got one in Colorado, uh, one in uh, a couple in Texas, and then one in New York. Wow! And then you're selling online. And then yeah, primarily we've been selling online um, as our as our main route. That is amazing. So I mean, it's just everybody wins all the way down. Everybody wins. Yeah. 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 And it's fun. I mean, I think the biggest piece of I remember 
um, obviously we all remember the land, the mudslide here in Montecito. Yeah. And um, one of the survivors that went through that, she came in, uh, I remember this was when we were, our, our office and warehouse used to be all in our retail store here when we first started, out of my garage. Yeah. And um, she came into our store right after she had gotten out of the hospital and, and unfortunately her, a few of her daughters had passed away. And she came in with a sling and I remember the woman who was working in the front at the time came back to get me. And she's like, her face was just like, you gotta come up and talk to this woman. And she basically said, you know, she just got out of the hospital and so many people around her, the community around her was so supportive. And she wanted something that was meaningful uh, to give back to these people. And she, she came in to Parker Clay, you know, and it put me in tears, but it really showed me behind what we're building is this community. It's a, it's a brand that's about community, it's about not just our story, but really the story of a global community. Um, yes, it's a beautiful product, but there's so much more to it. And I think that we've seen that, you know, throughout the customers and the community that's around this. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, just you talking about breaking the chain of dependency. And I think that's such a powerful thing, this kind of impact, you know, the, whatever this kind of impact investing kind of term that's yep. thrown around a lot now, but I mean the just the the ways in which you, it's thinking differently right. about some of these problems and issues. Absolutely. I mean, which is so powerful. I, I and I think that in a lot of ways we've kind of kept philanthropy on one side and then business on another exactly. side, and that was something that you know with I think with. Uh, certainly our generation, we felt like empowered and inspired to do it differently, you know, and, and there wasn't a lot of business models. There's, there's business models that do give back, you know, maybe it's 1%, and those are great, but how do we infuse it all together? Yeah, right. Um, I think that's right. what's, what's really, you know, powerful for, for what we do. Um, you know, I was reading in Isaiah 58, and it says that, you know, really we are the repair of right. these broken, broken walls. walls. Yeah and um, the restore of the streets and what does that mean for us you know to yeah. be engaged in community you know when i look at an industry like fashion i go it's broken yet it employs more people in the world than almost any other industry mm. uh, women are often you know lowest on that and yet women reinvest 90 percent of their incomes back into their communities into their families mm. how do we repair the yeah. brokenness there and and, yeah. and that's really something where we said you know we wanted to do it better yeah and everything that we do from being a b corp um we're uh you know we actually just got it for the second year in a row where we're ranked in the top five percent of all b corps in the world which means around community impact which means that you know our standards are held to kind of a very high level mm. where we have to get accreditation for it things like that but at the end of the day you know, going into our factory in Ethiopia and seeing and talking to these women, seeing the changes that have happened, it's, it's everything. Oh, yeah, those life changes. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I started my career in a Wall Street firm and I remember kind of thinking, seeing all the pie charts and like, you know, all the, where the money goes, like yeah. the investment. And then there was a little tiny sliver over here for charitable right. donate or, you know, charitable kind of. And, and I remember having the thought that you just mm. described, like, what about all the other money? <laughs> like, where is it? Yeah. What if, what if you could do yeah. something that would impact people 
And so we did this in Dallas a little bit with a kind of for-profit model for real estate, for apartments, because we were thinking there's nothing wrong with using investment dollars. There's nothing wrong with getting a return. I mean, right. you know, that's great. Yep. While impacting lives, that's you right. know, and I mean, that's that's what I think is is such a great thing. I, 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 for me, I think that that was, you know, moving to Ethiopia, kind of fitting a, a category of what I had seen as most missionaries or going out and kind of the volunteering. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of just, I think some of the nonprofit world, um, you know, there's, there's this, how do you integrate both that relief work that needs to happen? But yet, if you don't address it at the source, things continue to, right. to happen. Yeah. And so that's where we really felt like, look, this is creating jobs for women so that, you know, I, one woman, Mesalu, dear friend of mine, her whole purpose was to send her son to school. And she would do whatever it took. And so she would go out on the street at night to get money so that her son could go to school. And she worked for us. And I remember one day she showed me her son's report card. And she was so excited. She pulls me over. She pulls out this blue card. And on the bottom it says 1 slash 49. And the next one was ranking, meaning her son was first in his class. And, you know, she's got tears in her eyes. And, and it's, you realize you're not just giving a job to one person. You're really transforming the next generation. Yes. And it's not a handout. It's a job. Right. And when people love the product, they're going to tell their friends. And that ripple effect, right, just like you would buy any consumer good, because you like the way it looks or it makes you feel good. But behind it, the opportunity to create impact in so many yeah. lives is huge. Yeah. And so that's really ingrained into what we do at Parker Clay. Um, yeah. You know, you can't take the impact out of it, otherwise right. we don't exist. So great. Well, and I will tell you, so on our staff, Donnie Feller works for me. He's sitting right over there. <laughs> I've never seen a man more in love with a bag. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a man out of the bag. I've never seen, the bag is sitting right over there. I'm almost <laughs> wanting to bring it on stage. I've never seen a man more in love with a bag, just so you know. These are different. These are different products. These are, they, these are really cool. I think now that, that he has one, I want one. You, you, right. Nobody cares about me. <laughs> You're up next, Dean. They give him a gift. They don't, don't worry. Don't worry. The whole staff, I think, is going to get one. <laughs> Christmas think, this year. I think we need to do that. Now, these are special products. He's not overselling this at all. I've uh, been able to witness that. Let's get to the why a little bit, mm. just with you. Just, yeah. you know, the, in terms of your faith journey, what's happened inside of you, yeah. who you are, kind of, because this is a major uh, project and undertaking labor of love. I know these things, starting these things are, is not easy. I mean, so, so that's wonderful. So there's something driving it. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, being an entrepreneur by itself is a huge lift. Um, and I've learned that, especially as we've grown over the years. Um, you know, I, I go back a lot to that moment where I thought of those other kids that didn't have mom and dad and um, you know and that really is kind of a huge piece of inspiration for me every time I go back to Ethiopia which I'm there you know many times every year I see more women on the streets you know and it's and it's a constant reminder of there's yet more work to do Um, and you know at, at the deepest core for me, when we adopted our daughter, 
um, probably one of my favorite places in Scripture is Romans 8, that talks about us being adopted. Mm -hmm. um, I have a living mother and father, and I'm grateful for that. But I also have a spiritual father, you know, a heavenly father that I know um, has given me access to, you know, everything. You know, and it's a it's a value question, I think, where I have value and I know that, that there's a creator that created me with that value. And that came alive through the adoption of our daughter in a completely different way. Mm. Um, you know, I remember going to the place where my daughter was from and not to get into the whole story, but really like traumatic experience for her. And seeing this place where she was from, recognizing that this is my daughter. You know, I love, I would do anything for my daughter. And that I'm loved in the same way by the one who created everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I often meet some of these women that we work with, they, they tend to come in our doors very timid. You know, shoulders kind of slunched down, head down. There's not a lot of confidence. and. I just want to like lift their head up and yeah. say, you are so valued. Yeah. You are incredibly valued, more than you can even know. Yeah. You know, and it's fun to see them progress and get training. And we do, we have this incredible job training, skills training program. And they start to do that. And they're making these beautiful bags that are sold all over the world. And then I go back through the factory after that and they kind of have their shoulders up, mm. chin high. And they go, you see what I'm making? Mm. You know, and the sense of confidence that comes from it is so rewarding you know and to see that so you know our our heart is really to impact millions of women's lives in ethiopia you know and beyond yeah um and so in a way i feel like we're just kind of just getting started with it yeah absolutely oh it's so exciting uh the stats on ethiopia are, are amazing and, and it does boggle your mind to think about but what you guys are doing is is phenomenal um, what is the Parker Clay website? Is it just Parker Clay? ParkerClay.com. 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 I encourage you to check it out. Check it out. Um, adoption. Um, helping people become who God made them to be. You know, with with uh, which I just think is the fruit of. You'll know, you will not even know all the stories. I mean, that's the beautiful part. I mean, yeah. because it's a trickle down in the sense it's a generation like you said generational thing which is i mean what could be more exciting i mean it's really exciting it's humbling in so many ways to see that one one last story i can share is yeah. this this woman of marta who recently joined us and um, in our factory there's groups where we kind of have a lead stitcher and then assistants and um, we recently hired uh, a, a few new people we're constantly hiring new people, but it, we, it was recent group and we kept having a quality issue with one of our teams. And so the leader, her name's Roman said, I think Marta has an eye problem. And um, sure enough, we sent her to an optometrist and they, she had a huge eye problem. So a friend of mine back here, who I showed the prescription to, I wanted to know just how bad it was. And he said, Ian, she can't see more than five inches in front of her face. Oh my God. And she's 20 years old. I, I can't imagine, I mean, we have kids that are in that age. Can you imagine living to 20 years old and never having someone say, I think you should go get your eyes checked. Oh my gosh. And so we got her glasses, they're thick as can be, but she can see. And when I spoke to her, she said to me that, you know, Ian, my eyesight has gotten worse over the years. 
and it's the first time I can really see. But now, what was most impactful, she said, it's really one of the first times in my life I feel seen. And I was like, I, uh, you know, I think that, that when you get to do that through business, uh, um, that you're literally, I mean, Jesus gave sight to the blind, right, you know, right. but through business, you would never think that that's the right context. But here, Marta is seeing and she's feel seen. And I think that's that value piece of it. Yeah. Um, that we can do that through right. business, through economic opportunities. Right. So that's really at the heart of Parker Clay and what we're doing. That's amazing. Well, thanks for taking the risk. It's a, I mean, responding to that call and getting on the airplane at LAX that day when you felt like there was a decent chance you were making the worst decision in your life. I, clearly, the God's hand was all over this, yeah. and so we're with you. Blessings on you and Brittany and your family, and it's great to meet you Thank today. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, great to meet you as well. I appreciate ParkerClay.com. Amazing story. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time.